Mindfulness Mode, 256. I only tried Coke once. Um, wasn't my bag. Just, I don't know, something about stuffing things up this big nose of mine just didn't, uh, just didn't work for me. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining today. And if this is your first time here, I extend a warm welcome. You are in the right place. This is a special extra weekend episode. Well, I've just returned a few days ago from speaking at the New Media Summit in San Diego. I was honored to be one of the podcasting icons of influence. That was very cool. More about that in a minute, but last time, I featured a heart-centered entrepreneur who simply pours her heart into helping teenage girls. She's a five-time gold award-winning author, and after knowing her for over two years, I finally met her in San Diego on the weekend, and I'm talking, what a tight hug. I mean, what a great, warm personality. I'm sure you'll want to hear my friend Jackie Latran on mindfulnessmode.com slash 255. So check that out. My buddy Jay Wong was speaking at the New Media Summit too. And I got to tell you, everybody was there knows him because he has amazing hair that makes this like tall, bold statement. I mean, it's, it's major. It's like sticking straight up. He was on stage with me several times. Anyway, I got to tell you, he is a rock star when it comes to teaching podcasting and He actually has a few openings left in his new class. If you want to build authority and influence in whatever your industry is, I got to tell you, start a podcast. If you want to develop different revenue streams for your business, start a podcast. And you can do it with Jay's help. He'll show you how to launch your very own podcast, just like he launched his. It's called Inner Changemaker Podcast. He's had guests like Grant Cardone, Bob Proctor. I mean, I could go on. A number of my friends have taken his training, and it's unbelievable how fast they implemented and got their podcast up and running. So Jay's training is the proven launch formula to to build a top-rated podcast in only 60 days. So head over to mindfulnessmode.com forward slash J. That's J-A-Y. And you can uh, check that out. And I strongly encourage you to sign up for that if you have any interest in growing a podcast. Today, I have the innovator who dreamt up the idea behind the New Media Summit in San Diego. And then... He created this awesome sold-out event that it was. He's so down-to-earth. He's funny. He's brilliant. He's got a wildly successful radio show called Reinvention Radio. Sit back today and be amazed as I hang out with Steve Olsher. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I'm really excited today. I've got a great guest. This is going to be fantastic. I've got Steve Olsher with us today. Hey, Steve, are you in mindfulness mode today? (laughs) I'm I'm automatically in mindfulness mode as soon as we kicked on this whole idea of let's talk about being mindful. So yes, of course, how could I not be? (laughs) That's great. Well, let me tell Mindful Tribe a little bit about you, Steve. Steve Olsher helps you get crystal clear on your what. 
the one thing you were created to do. And that's not always easy to nail down. Steve is the New York Times bestselling author of What Is Your What? Along with being the author of the business technology book, of the year, which is called Internet Profits. You've probably heard of that. Not only is Steve a speaker and an author, he's a world-class coach. He's a wizard at teaching the how the online world can create profit. He's the chairman and founder of Liquor.com. I mean, let's face it, Steve has a list of accomplishments so long. I mean, I got to stop or I'd be like talking, 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 talking here. But I've just returned from Steve's most recent live event in San Diego called New Media Summit, where he used his genius to line up 40 successful podcasters like me with 150 people who were thirsty to be promoted online as podcast guests. Now, this was a world-class event. I mean, it was just such an honor and a, and a privilege to be there, Steve. I, I want to start here with the very basic question to get us on the same page of what does mindfulness really mean to you? So, you know, it's a great question, and I really appreciate what you do here on the show. It's to me, it's really just about awareness. You know, there's a lot of people who are walking around who are awake, but they're not really alive. Yeah. And so to me, uh, it just it's it's turning that corner from from simply being uh, awake to really being alive and just being aware of the decisions that they make and in the life that they live. Well, it's it's great to know where you stand on that, and yeah, I absolutely believe you know there's so many like you say walking around in this in this stupor. Sadly, you know they think they're aware of what's happening, but wow, it's not easy to get in touch with with the present. Now you've just finished hosting this impressive event that it. I mean, from my perspective, it appeared to just go smoothly with without a hitch. It was seamless and practically full attendance. How do you stay grounded and focused during these kinds of events so that, I mean, you're on stage, you're relaxed, you're funny, you know, you're in control. How do you pull this off? What's the mindfulness aspect here? So it's a matter in, and I think this relates to uh, anything and just let's keep it in the context of what it is, which in this case is, is a business related endeavor. Right. So for me, it's really easy to stay mindful around the attendee experience. And so I've got two groups of attendees, right? I've got you and your peers as the icons of influence, the podcasters. Right. And then I have the attendees who uh, have come there to, to meet people like yourself and really learn how to leverage and monetize the power of new media. And so in that environment, it is truly a matter of simply staying focused on optimizing the attendee experience. And as long as everything that we do is focused on that optimization, well, then we're going to have an event that looks to be seamless, right? Of course, I think you know uh, as well as anyone that what something looks like on the surface is, uh, is probably not at all reflective of what's really going on. And like right. any event, we had our own fair share of chaos. Uh, but uh, fortunately, we're able to keep that you know, behind the scenes and, and maintain the, the attendee experience. And so that's really what it boils down to for us uh, in that environment is just really remaining cognizant of, of what it is that the attendee is, is witnessing and having to, to go through over the course of those three, four days. 
Right. Well, you know, from the from the audience perspective, it was just amazing, and you just have this this knack that you just seem to know exactly how to tactfully you know, move people on if they need mm-hmm. to be, or, you know, expand if you need to ask a question that kind of expands that topic that's going on right now. What do you attribute that to? Where do you get that ability to to just have so much tact and ability to handle people? Yeah, you know, and uh, it's <laughs> it's been a work in progress, man, you know? Reality yeah. is um, my, so my DJ name, when I when I used to DJ in the clubs and actually yeah. opened up my own nightclub and uh, DJ on the radio and so on, uh, my DJ name was, was Mr. Bold. And so, yeah. you know, Mr. Bold was, that was just kind of the story of my life, you know, it was just have something to say, say it. Um, and learning tact is something that uh, has come over time. Uh, mostly from being uh, just using, you know, the, the the vernacular that we're talking about here, mostly from just being, uh, you know, mindful, you know, of really what it is that someone else is experiencing and putting myself into their shoes. And so, you know, look, when, when someone's kind of lost, and I think probably what you're referring to is a little bit of how I work with people when they come to the mic and those sort of things. Sure. Um, and, and so I think when someone is really just kind of lost in their own head and their own thoughts and they just don't really know where to stop and they just <laughs> ramble on and it's just like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's pretty simple with, OK, your question is, is always a really tactful way of just getting people back to center of yep. really identifying what it is that truly is is frustrating them in that in that moment and where they need the most assistance. But you know, some people need a need a gentle nudge. Some people need a spinning timer that flashes crazy at them when uh, yep. you know when time's up. And uh, and I think just having done events now for as long as I have, uh, you just start to get a really good sense of uh, of where someone is at, kind of on that spectrum and what kind of, of nudge they need. Yeah, of course, Steve, you are the only guy of your stature that I've ever heard got on the stage and say, hey, everybody, I just got to tell you, my coach is my mom Uh and she's here. (laughs) That is pretty funny. That is pretty cool. What's it like having your mom as a coach? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. So we worked together for nine years, like formally worked together, actually uh, were involved day to day in the running and operation of a uh, of a business. So mm-hmm. I had a good opportunity to learn quite a bit from her over those years. And of course, just growing up with her uh, and, you know, like any relationship between a parent and a child. There you learn there are certain things that they do that you really want to aspire to do and other things that you want to. Sure aspire to do differently. Of and, course. Uh, and that was no different. But, you know, my my really the, the first first mentor, first coach that I had uh, was actually my grandfather. So my mom's dad. Ah, right. And uh, and, you know, that apple doesn't fall too far from the tree there. So yeah. it was uh, it was really uh, an interesting period of time being able to work with both my grandfather and my mom for a period of time. Uh, and having worked then with with mom over the course of that uh, you know, almost that decade and obviously still being closed since then. Uh, it's just it's really nice when a lot of the answers that you need are, are literally just a, a phone call away like that or uh, or just a conversation over the dinner table. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you've said it. You said a number of things from the stage that were very, very vulnerable. And you know, when we talk about mindfulness, of course, we're talking about the present. You know, about getting into the present and out of the past and the future. And we all find different ways to do that. You mentioned you've used cocaine. That was one of the things you've used. Tell us about that. What was that experience like? And is that something that you would would continue on with? Mm, you know, it's interesting. So I actually, I only tried Coke once. Um, wasn't my bag. Just, I don't know, something about stuffing things up this big nose of mine just didn't, uh, just didn't work for me. But, yeah. um, so that, that really wasn't it. But, but the drug of choice, I mean, has been marijuana for, right. uh, the better part of, I don't know, 20 years or so off and on. And, uh, really mostly on for the last five years, uh, but more as uh, more as uh, an evening enhancer, if you will, <laughs> because, okay. you know, I mean, I've got I've got kids, you know, as of this recording, they're 14 and almost 11. Um, so I'm not a fan of doing that while they're awake and, you know, doing things around the kids. Uh, but once they go to bed and the wife and I have a you know a few quiet moments, then uh, I do enjoy partaking. Number one. Uh, because it definitely helps, you know, it's interesting. Some of my best ideas, uh, really do come from coming, from coming on to that level, you know, getting onto that level. It's just, it's a, I don't know, it's an expander for me. You know, some people look at, uh, drug use as, uh, as a constrictor, uh, in some ways where it just kind of shuts down who you really are. Um, I look at it as a gateway to opening up more of who you really are. And mm. I think when leveraged in that way, uh, it does create a degree of mindfulness that um, just the the day to day normalcy of what we're able to tap into doesn't. It, it um, you know, it, geez, you know, there's folks who are microdosing in LSD and you know, and, and all right. sorts of other you know, enhancing type type drugs. I haven't gone to that level, but I can certainly see why it might be you know, uh, maybe a value. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, does does that help you kind of forget the future, forget some of the worries? And you, you shared some of your worries on stage, you know, that you've got plenty to be concerned about. And yeah. some people would let it just completely stop them in their tracks. Is that how you get by just by kind of maybe it's no different than having a, a scotch? You know, I like to have a, a beer, a scotch, right. whatever. Yeah. I mean, we all have our drug of choice and uh, some people say, no, I don't I don't do any drugs. Well, your drug of choice could be the escapism into watching primetime television. Right. You know, I mean, I yeah. have never seen an episode of Will and Grace. You know, I've never seen an episode of The Big Bang Theory. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know who won America's Got Talent. You know, like those are <laughs> drugs of choice, you know, no yeah. matter how yeah. we define it in terms of getting into that degree of escapism. Um, and so, look, man, you know, I'm not saying what's right or, or what's wrong, but I do think that uh, when you come right down to it, we all have anxieties. And so sure. the, the question is, how do we deal with those anxieties? And for me, it, it's mostly um, I have always been one to need my sleep. You know, I've always been one of those, uh, as a kid, you know, I've just, I, I would love my sleep. You know, my, right. I've got my two boys now, one loves his sleep, the other hates it, you know? Oh. And it's like, I'm in the former category. I just love my sleep. And with the various things that I have going on that will all resolve themselves as, as things always do. It's, uh, it's definitely helped me to, to sleep 
and get that fresh mind for the morning so I can go on to fight another day. And that's how I look at it is, you know, it's, it's an expander, um, but it also allows me to shut down and get the sleep and the energy that I need to continue to fight through uh, whatever that good fight is I've got to, you know, I've got the battle on. For sure. Well, you know, speaking of anxieties, I think a lot of people have anxiety when it comes to, you know, not being able to figure out where they think they should be. They can't figure out who they are, what they should do, where they should be. And you are the expert. You know, you've even written the book, What is Your What? What is your what? You know, it's interesting. And as much as, uh, as it may seem like, uh, like a bit of a cop-out, what I've really become clear on um, is that my what is truly helping people discover, share, and monetize theirs. And so it's, um, it's, it's interesting how uh, if you've read the books, the What Colors Your Parachutes and the Myers-Briggs and these, you know, does those modalities and so on, you know, so many of them just leave you with more questions than answers. Right. And that's really where I was. And, you know, before I was able to put two and two together here and create this framework, uh, which really was born out of necessity more so than anything else. But as I've discovered, my what is really helping people discover theirs. Well, your book is really excellent. It starts off with a testimonial from Jack Canfield, and it moves up from there because uh-huh. you just have packed so much really practical advice into that. And you've, pract- you've put case studies in there, and you've just made this book amazing. I mean, Mindful Tribe, you can uh, pick up a free copy. Steve makes this available for free, and all you have to do is go to whatisyourwhat.com slash free. Not even slash free anymore. Just what is your what.com. Oh, you just go right <laughs> there to the, easier, but yeah. to the site. It's so yeah. easy. The book's right there. And man, it is really a great book. Now, one of the things you talk about in the book is the slap, the slap, the seven life altering principles. And whoa, that really digs in. You know, that really, really helps you with that. So let's talk about this. Sure. The first one is is yay no. So tell us what that's about. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting when I when I wrote the seven life altering principles and created that section of the book, uh, I didn't even realize that the seven life altering principles the acronym would break down into the slap. So there you go. So it wasn't even intentional that I started with the slap and then yeah. backed into what it was going to be called. But really, what the seven life altering principles are designed to do. Um, to teach you how to live, you know, teach you how to thrive in, in today's chaos. And to do that using mindfulness techniques. As I read through this, I keep going, hey, that's mindfulness. This is mindfulness. You know, like so much of this really is mindfulness. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at what we talk about in the seven life altering principles, the first of which being Yano, which is Y-A-N-O, just my fancy way of saying yes, no, uh, it really does require a significant degree of, of mindfulness because what a Yano moment is, is really recognizing and being acutely aware of that moment of truth that we face almost every single moment of every single day. And being mindful of which path we decide to take. And that can be something for life. It can be something for business. But regardless, our goal in my way of thinking is always to have the you of tomorrow look back and give thanks to the you of today. 
And so that requires us to make decisions that lead us down a very specific path that that gets ultimately to our, our core goal or core objective, whatever that might be. And yes, we can get sidetracked and take a step backwards and so on. But as long as we're clear what the end of that path looks like for us, we can make you know decisions that really move us towards that goal or objective. Well, you spend a lot of time on reinvention radio, and uh, you know that podcast is so terrific. You you know it really is. Can you share a little bit about the concept of reinvention radio and why it's a great show to listen to? Well, I appreciate that. And so it really is all about dismantling the status quo, as we like to say. And that and that can be in life or that can be in business. And, and so we do we do feature uh, guests on the show, uh, people who have had their own uh, stories of reinvention, typically people who have started out at point A and somehow ended up magically at point B and, and all the trials and tribulations that they've had to endure. Uh, in order to get to that point. Um, and then we can be a little more topical as well. I mean, we can do more business and politics and so on. We actually do it as a live radio show. Uh, so we, we do it a little bit differently than, than most podcasts because we then take that live show and we repurpose it um, as a podcast. But yeah, it, it's really all about, as we like to say, you know, it's where uh, it's where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> that's what uh, that's what it's all about. Well, it's a great show and I highly recommend it. So get yourself over there to Reinvention Radio and you can go to the Reinvention Radio Workshop or sorry, the reinventionworkshop.com as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, so the Reinvention Workshop, that's uh, that's a live event that I've done uh, off and on since 2009. And basically, uh, I like to think of it as sort of as like, what is your what live, right? right. I mean, it's my taking people through uh, the what is your what framework and really helping them discover their core gift and the vehicle that they'll use to share that gift and then the people that they're most compelled to serve and create that plan of action for bringing all of that to to fruition. Steve, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time, and you know, it's related to mindfulness. It, it really is. And a lot of times, the bullying that we experience is, is self bullying, it's self sabotage, but yeah. sometimes it starts off early in life. Were you ever bullied? Were you ever a bully? What's your um, bullying story? Yeah, you know, I um, I've got lots of bullying stories <laughs> uh, on uh, on both ends, but mostly on the receiving end. Um, yeah. You know, and arguably uh the the biggest bully i probably all ever had in my life uh would be my my older brother you know and it was he was 6 years older than me uh still is that we haven't spoken i'll put you this way my wife and i have been married for uh just celebrated 20 years so over 20 years now and she's never met him oh so just really? to you know put a little uh, calendar around that uh, so, you know, reality is that he is uh, he is probably the, the single biggest bully that I've ever had to contend with uh, in my life, physically uh, abusive and, uh, and emotionally abusive uh, as well. And can you tell us a specific story about bullying, something you remember either as an adult in business or something as a kid? Yeah, sure. There's... Um, you know, and it's interesting, right? I mean, as we as we get older, we become more clear 
on the life that we want to create for ourselves right um and eliminate people places things from our lives that uh don't uh, serve us well and so i recently had a, a business partnership uh with someone that's that's fairly well known uh in the internet marketing space and i remember uh a couple of times during that partnership, one in particular, um, where he, you know, he really lost his stuff, you know, I mean, just he mm -hmm. really lost his mind um, and had a big, huge kind of screaming tantrums and this sort of thing. And the first one was uh, was on the phone, uh, really. And, and I'm not saying that he was wrong with what he was upset about. Uh, but his presentation of how he was expressing what he was upset about, you know, really just manifested as this big, huge, screaming hissy fit. Oh, and yeah. and so I, I kind of chalked it up to like, all right, maybe that's just kind of a, a bad day, whatever. You know, everybody has their off moments. Well, about a month later, uh, we were at the uh, the traffic and conversion conference. And if you know Ryan Dice's company there, yes. Digital Market. OK, so they have this big event called Traffic and Conversion. And there are you know, thousands of people there. Right? I mean, it's a pretty big event. It is. And and so it's typically held at a fairly large venue, a hotel in this case. And so we were uh, in a public space, so a public area of the hotel albeit a little bit off to the side. Um, but we were in this public space and there was an issue with something related to the launch uh, of a new program that we were working on. And we were coming up on the deadline uh, for that launch. And there were a few things that needed to be done. And he's, uh, you know, kind of a control freak about things. And my understanding about something uh, was that it was waiting on his review and approval. And his understanding was different. And so when I uh, had said we're waiting on his approval, he basically just had this huge blow up, right? And what that looked like was, um, so we're sitting in, in chairs again in a table just kind of off the main lobby here. And it's mm -hmm. myself and him and his assistant. And there's other people milling around. Um, and he literally, you know, stands up and is like towering over me and you know finger in the face and just yelling i mean like yelling at the top of his lungs basically just really losing his stuff and you know i've got a i'd, I'd like to think i have a pretty long fuse you know back in the day not so much but nowadays right. it it takes a lot for me to to lose it Right. And so, you know, I've been training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu for the better part of 16 years. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of friends who fight in, you know, in the UFC. And these, so, I mean, I've been around that world for the better part of two decades. And, you know, push comes to shove, I'm, I'm not going to just simply back down from you. And that's, and that's kind of where we went is I just was like, whoa, okay, this, this is not happening. Not here, not now, not ever. And I stood up. And so now we're, we're face to face on this thing. And basically being the more calm of the two, uh, I literally just stood up, looked at him as I needed to look at him and walked away and called him the next day and said, 
look, it's fairly clear that the writing is on the wall here. We're done. And I will tell you right now that we're done. We'll finish up this launch and we'll launch this program. And, you know, but that's that's where it's going to end. And I will tell you that I have, for the better part of the last 15 years, eliminated people from my life who treat me like that because that's not how I will stand to be treated, that I do not have people in my life who treat me like that. He's not going to be a continuing part of my life uh, for any you know period of time past this this launch. And quite frankly, if he ever gets up in my face like that again, we're not just going to be talking at that point. I promise you, you know, point blank as clear as I can make it. And so it was one of those conversations where, you know, he tried just basically saying, oh, yeah, OK, well, let, let's get you let's get you grounded. And, you know, you, you seem upset and, you know, and, and let's just, you know, and just going like this whole sort of spiritual, you know, type bend on me. And then basically I'm just like, you know, I've, you are the least spiritual person I've ever met in my life. You are the least grounded person I've ever met in my life. And frankly, you're the biggest hypocrite of anyone. I've ever met in my life. So we're done. And I will just simply say this, which is, you know, look, I don't think you know really who I am if you think that that's something that I'm, you know, capable of tolerating because I'm not. Well, it's, it sounds it sounds pretty brutal. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, find their groundedness through meditation. Do you meditate? Um, I've tried meditation. My wife actually was raised Catholic, uh, and she's more of a practicing Buddhist than anything else. Um, so, uh, so we've gone to to Buddhist, you know, temple and 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 done meditation there and so on. Um, on a consistent basis at home, no, no, <laughs> I, uh, I I I don't do meditation on a consistent basis. I can see the uh, the benefit, for sure, uh, right. of of doing meditation, but I, I don't incorporate it on a consistent basis. No. Well, it might be good if somebody suggested that to your former partner. That <laughs> that yeah. might be something that could help. Who knows? Right? Yeah, it it but. probably would be. But he um, he in and of his in in his own mind is um, he's exactly where he needs to be. Right. So he he's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I totally <laughs> understand that, Steve. As we move toward wrapping things up, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just like. 30-second answers or less are, are perfect. Who's one person who has influenced the mindfulness that you have in your life? Uh, honestly, the biggest, uh, I would say the biggest influence in that regard that I've had um, is is definitely my wife. Ah. You know, definitely my wife. I mean, this is this is a guy who didn't eat Thai food or Indian food or Ethiopian food or any of those things. I mean, I remember going like way back in, you know, the the late early mid 90s, I guess, is when we first started dating. So mid to late 90s. Um, and she was like, yeah, you know, let's let's go get Ethiopian food. And in my mind, I'm thinking like they're going to you know, you're going to go there and they're going to hand us like a red bowl or a blue bowl or something like that. And we're going to go up to the back of a truck and they're just going to like dump in some, you know, some grain into a bowl. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I'd like something a little, you know, it's just like that's where my mind was at at that point. And so needless to say, she's expanded my thinking uh, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, and so whether it's meditation or, or being kinder or being more aware, 
just and and I will say that I haven't gotten to the point where she is because I think she still takes it much farther than it needs to go <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of awareness and these sort of things and sensitivities right. to things and so on. But she's definitely increased my awareness and increased my uh, you know my my mindfulness, if you will just around uh, life in general. So uh, believe it or not, and I know, you know, most people look to a spiritual, you know, type advisor, or, you know, something like what that's uh, for me, that's been my wife. Awesome. Well, you mentioned a bit about this, you know, your emotions and how you deal with them and that, but how has mindfulness affected your emotions, do you think, as you kind of look back over your life? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because for a long time, um, I was actually pretty, pretty mm, on the level in terms of not a lot of crazy highs, not a lot of crazy lows uh, and that sort of thing. But um, actually, over the past yeah, 10, 15 years or so, uh, I've really been able to experience just tremendous highs and uh, and tremendous lows as well. And so uh, I do think, you know, unequivocally, uh, that the depression uh, and the darkness that I found myself in back in 2013, when when I really felt like uh, you know it was time to to throw in the towel on everything, I think that has to do with expanding the mind into uh, areas that frankly it wasn't willing or able to go prior to that. So it is you know it's an interesting double-edged sword. It, it really is. Right. Well, you know, there are some speakers that get on the stage and and just the way they talk, they talk so fast or they they have a pace that I feel like I can't breathe mm -hmm. even in the audience. You know, the you got to kind of feel their breathing and breathe with them. How is breathing part of your mindfulness? Do you consider the the act of breathing? Yeah, it's interesting. I have uh, become much much more aware of of breath and the importance of breath and, and breathing, even over the last few years. You know, I, I think that it's um, it's one of those things that is is only born out of maturity. You know, I, I don't know. There's there's something to to that. And I will tell you that from my experience as a as a speaker um, and as a coach and uh, and just being in business in general, that it is really uh, it's it's it boggles my mind how just uh, one very deep breath can completely uh, just reset everything. And that's that's a fairly new phenomenon for me to become that aware. So, Steve, do you have an app that helps you be more grounded, more mindful? Uh Twitter doesn't count, does it? <laughs> <laughs> does it help you be more mindful? <laughs> <laughs> it helps me become more aware of the of the stupidity, I think, in the world. All uh, right. <laughs> right. But um, no, you know, it's interesting, right? The, um, the in this is, is going to sound silly, but uh, the the app that I think does that the most for me actually isn't much of an app at all because it comes standard on every phone. Um, which is the timer. Right. It doesn't you know? sound silly, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I will say that I do, uh, I do my best work in, you know, in sprints. And so by using the, the timer, um, it actually just reminds me to get up and, and take a breath and take a walk or, 
know, go hang with the dogs for a minute or whatever it might be. Um, and so I, I try to keep when I when I know I've got a lot of work to do, I try to keep it uh, to about a half hour and, and then take that break and then come back at it. And just uh, that awareness of time really seems to to help just really focus and dig in and and just get it done. So I don't know. I uh, I, I don't use a, a fancy app, although there are you know some things out there that I've uh, heard of, but I haven't tried them. And uh, maybe it's time to, to, to dig in on some of those. But uh, but believe it or not, just the good old fashioned timer uh, really does help me. Well, I would recommend the timer as well. It really helps me, too. Well, you know, Mindful Tribe, you can go to whatisyourwhat.com. You can pick up that book for free. Steve, where else should we go? How can we get connected with you? How can we connect with you on social media? Tell us that. Yeah, you know, look, I look from from my perspective, the best place to start is with reinvention radio, because if you can survive that and you still want to have more to do with me, um, <laughs> then we're, we're, we're probably of the same, you know, of the same ilk. So right. I would say, yeah, you know, start with reinvention radio. Uh, of course you can, uh, join us live every Thursday. Uh, we do, uh, we broadcast every Thursday from 12 until two Pacific. So if you go to reinventionradio.com, you can join that live feed. And if you like that, uh, then, you know, as, as you said, Bruce, I mean, grab a, a free copy of the book, What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do, which uh, I'm proud to say was a New York Times bestseller back in 2013. Right. Uh, it seems to be continuing to pick up steam. We actually just had a run of 50,000 copies in Turkey, of all places. Wow. Uh, so in Turkish with that. And uh, and then, you know, that'll that'll really get you into my world. And we'll figure out uh, at that point if uh, if it makes sense to go further. And it's a great world to be in. I, I highly recommend it. I just want to thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today, Steve. Yeah, well, look, man, I appreciate the work you're doing in the world and uh, and certainly appreciate your being a part of the, uh, the New Media Summit because I know people love your work and uh, really enjoyed meeting you face to face. Yeah, well, it was awesome being there. You have a great rest of your day, Steve. You too, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.